Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Philip Katafimo with Believe in Angels on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in L.A. and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? We're back. We took a week off because I was out of town, and now I'm back, and Jim is here as well. Jim, hello. Welcome back. We're back. Yeah, it, it's funny you were out of town, but you know we were physically in the same car together. So Yes, we yeah, were. Funny. I took a trip back to my hometown in California, where Jim and I are both from, and uh, it was nice. Got to hang out with Jim, hang out with some of our other radio friends, uh, and uh, it was a good time. It was nice to be back home in California, but now I'm back in Arizona, and we have a lot to talk about, Jim. Uh, this is going to be an MLB draft-heavy episode. Yesterday, today is Thursday, but yesterday, which would technically be two days for you, uh, the MLB draft took place. Uh, uh, the Tigers, obviously, going with Spencer Tor- Torkelson out of uh, Arizona State. A very obvious pick for them. He was the consensus number one pick. A guy who, in a few years, is easily going to take over that first baseman job or possibly play third base for the Tigers. He was announced as a third baseman when he was drafted. But a solid replacement for Miguel Cabrera, who is really on his last few legs uh, coming down to the end of his career. So, solid pick for the Tigers. Jim, what do you think about Torkelson? I think it's going to be fun to watch him absolutely destroy anything that comes near the plate for the next 10 to 15 seasons. Yeah, the guy is going to be an absolute monster. And watching some of the interviews with him, he seems like a really cool guy, very down-to-earth guy. Uh, went to a- ASU, not too far away from me. Uh, and my well, my alma mater is GCU, and ASU is about 20 minutes away from there. I wish I had gotten a chance to see him play. Uh, him and uh, Nick Gonzalez of New Mexico State. Uh, obviously, GCU and New Mexico State play together uh, in the WAC. Uh, but I think... For as long as I was at GCU, or maybe I just wasn't working that day, I never got an opportunity to see uh, Gonzalez play uh, for New Mexico State. And obviously, GCU and ASU don't play each other. They were supposed to this year, but because of COVID, they didn't. And I don't go there anymore, so it wouldn't have mattered. But uh, still, a a great pick for the Tigers uh, for the future of their franchise. I love this is going to be the guy. This is going to be the face of their franchise in a few years. They've got a guy named Kona Quiggle, who they drafted at a GCU, a guy I watched his entire GCU career. He's a great baseball player, and it'll be cool to see him and uh, Torkelson up in about eh, five or six years or so from now, probably Torkelson a little earlier. A lot of comparisons to Pete Alonso with this guy. Uh, A great hitter. He had 54 home runs in 127 career games at AS you he's only two home runs shy of the record held by Bob War- uh, excuse me Bob Horner uh, and it's unfortunate that the season got cut off but he's a great pick for the Tigers nonetheless yeah like I said he is going to be one of the young stars to watch uh, at the plate his, he needs to, to pick up his defense which is why I believe they will more than likely throw him over at first base and teach him how to play there yeah and just let Miguel Cabrera DH for the last couple seasons of his career. Uh, it, it's really the easiest thing to do. But if he can pick up his defense and they can confidently start him at third base, mm-hmm. that is just uh, a bonus for the Tigers. Yeah, it's an extreme bonus. A guy that can play both ends of the infield, uh, third base or first base. And like you said, Jim, a guy who can be utilized at uh, first base, third base, DH. Uh, if he can pick up his defense a little bit, I think he'll be a uh, a solid player. They, they, may, they, they took Riley Green last year. Uh, I think the Tigers are making some interesting strides. I don't think they're going to be competitive for the next three years, but I think 
down the line with some of the draft picks that they've had. I, I think they're putting together some nice pieces, and we'll see how the Tigers do uh, in a few years in the AL East. Uh, so, uh, Jim, I wanted to kind of talk about some of our favorite picks, just personally. Uh, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I've got three. I don't know how many you have, and I've got two that I didn't like too much. So, uh, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go first. All right, let, let me get your so, your your best picks of the draft today, or from yesterday. Okay, it's going to be Kansas City taking off the Lacey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I wondered if I could get that out with a straight face. Uh, that really, uh, really kind of threw a monkey wrench in there. But for, for me, and I know, because uh, you and I spoke about this uh, yesterday when it, when it happened. Right. Um, the Blue Jays taken Austin Martin because he fell into their lap. Yeah. That is already a very young infield they got there, and this this just makes it that much better. Do you have any others that you like, Jim? Uh, some others that I like. Uh, I, I mean, you brought him up earlier with uh, Nick Gonzalez from New Mexico State. My only uh, my only issue with him is his consistency needs to step up, but uh, I think that he, he has – you know, major league ready power. He's he's ready to go. I I could see him coming up in probably about a year, maybe maybe two. And he is going to be fun to watch. And the Pirates, especially the fans of the Pirates, need need something to watch because Josh Bell by himself is, isn't going to do anything for anyone anymore. It would be nice for the Pirates to add some middle of the order power with Nick Gonzalez, a guy who can play shortstop. Uh, some of my favorite picks, uh, obviously Asa Lacy of Texas A&M going to the Royals. I mean, he really just fell into their laps when uh, Miami passed on him at three, which to my, which was very surprising to me. I didn't think that the, that really anybody had Max Meyer rated that high. Uh, good pitcher. I like Max Meyer, but I just think if you look at the talent pool that was still there, you know, Reed Detmers was still there. Asa Lacy, as we just mentioned, was still there. Uh, there was just better pitchers for the Marlins available at three, and I think the Royals have now set themselves up. I thought they were going to get Austin. Austin Martin. Austin Martin fell, uh, not significantly, but a little bit more than people thought. A lot of people thought he was going to go two uh, to the Orioles, which he did not. He ended up falling all the way to five to the Blue Jays, and I thought the Royals were going to be sitting pretty with an opportunity to take Austin Martin and pair him up with Bobby Witt Jr., who they picked last year at number one for probably the one of the better defensive up the middles. Uh, that you have in the entire AL. Uh, I think in the future that would have made the Royals very interesting to watch. I like the versatility of Austin Martin, um, but I think Asa Lacy helps the Royals in the pitching department. The Royals really haven't had an ace, in my opinion, since Zach Granke. I know a lot of people are high on uh, uh, Danny Duffy, but I think that Asa Lacy gives them a, a solid number one for the future. And he's another one of these guys that's going to get fast-tracked to the MLB, and we're, we'll talk a little bit about that later. But I love Asa Lacy. Asa is translated, and it means king. I think he's going to be the king of Kansas City. What a more convenient name uh, team to, to draft him at number three. Uh, and then I love Austin Martin. I thought Austin Martin was one of the best players in the draft. Uh, I kept every everybody kept passing on him and I was like okay he's going to go to the Royals at 3 nope he's going to go to the Mariners at 4 nope and the Blue Jays had an opportunity to take him. They fell, again, right into their laps, like Jim said. A guy who can play second base. He can play the outfield. He's a great hitter. Maybe a little too expensive for the Orioles at two. Maybe that's why they didn't take him. And, and maybe even the Marlins felt the same way at three. And the Mariners, of course, at four. Um, but 
I really like the addition of Austin Martin. You pair him up with Kevin Biggio, with Bo Bichette, with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. You're going to move Martin into center field. It gives you stability out in the outfield, somebody to build that young core around, or excuse me, somebody to add into that young core, as we're going to see Bichette and, and Vladdy Guerrero Jr. and Kevin Biggio for a very long time. You add Austin Martin to, their, uh, to that lineup, and it's already extremely deadly. The Blue Jays are going to be very interesting to watch in the coming years, especially if they keep drafting the way that they're drafting. Another guy I liked was uh, from the other team across the freeway, the Los Angeles Dodgers taking Bobby Miller, a guy who's got a very, very good fastball, hovers around 94-98 consistently. It's got some sinking action. There has been some really good flashes of his, uh, his slider and his cutter. Uh, I'll be interesting to see which one he'll develop as his career goes along. But uh, look, the rich get richer, and that's just a great pick for the Dodgers to get Miller at the bottom of the draft. Another Louisville pitcher uh, outside of Reed Detmers, who the Angels drafted, which we will definitely be talking about Reed here in a little bit. Uh, But I like the addition of Bobby Miller to the Dodgers. I don't know where he fits. My assumption would be that when Walker Buehler becomes the new Clayton Kershaw, Bobby Miller will then become the new Walker Buehler along with Josiah Gray and and, uh, uh, Mitchell White and a few of the other young starters that the Dodgers have in their minor league system. But I think Bobby Miller fits in perfectly. I love Austin Martin, and I love Asa Lacey. Jim, what are some picks that maybe weren't the best for you in your opinion? Well, I mean, we, we kind of touched upon it earlier with uh, Max Meyer going to Minnesota. We didn't think a lot of people had him high enough, but it's really hard for me to hate on that pick, mm-hmm. strictly because if we look at what we've got going on, a shortened season, if we get any games at all, it, it's not going to be anything more than uh, feasibly, feasibly, what, 90 games, would you say? Yeah. Um Max Meyer, in that time, he he's ready to go in the majors now. So yeah. I, I I think that, you know, he just needs a little bit of polish on him. Mm-hmm. And you can throw him in there. I mean, the guy already throws uh, – he's, he's touching 101 when he goes out there. So He's definitely got the stuff. Uh, it, it's, it's really hard for me to hate on that one. Yeah, uh, I, I'm actually in the same – I actually didn't really like this pick. I, I, I agree that I think the potential of Max Meyer is there. He's definitely not a a project prospect. He's one of those guys that maybe just needs to polish up a few things. But to leave Asa Lacey there at three, the Marlins really need a they again another team that doesn't necessarily have an ace. I know they've got a couple guys coming up. I know uh, Sixto Sanchez is one of them, and uh, uh, Jordan uh, Jordan. Uh, I can't. I'm spacing on his name, but my point being is that they needed another go-to starter to build this rotation up. They've kind of been a little bit lost for words in terms of their pitching staff since Jose Fernandez passed away, unfortunately. But I like Max Meyer. I don't think he's going to be a bust. I just think when you look at the talent that was still on the board, Meyer is not the number one name there. It had to be Asa Lacy or even Reed Detmers, two guys who are way more polished than Max Meyer. And also, Lacy pitched in the SEC, so you're seeing a lot higher talent in the SEC than you are with Meyer, who went to Minnesota. Uh, and I think he pitched in the Big Ten, I believe. But... Um, I don't hate Max Meyer. I don't hate this pick. I think it'll work out for the Marlins. I just think when you look at comparatively what was still on the board, not you know, I, I don't really think Meyer was the best choice. Jim, who else was there anybody else in terms of, of, of picks that you didn't really care for? Uh in terms of what I didn't really care for, um, probably the Red Sox selection of Nick York. Okay. Is the only one that really jumps to mind just because I don't think they'll be able to sign him. 
Okay. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I know the Red Sox are still dealing with some of the repercussions of the 2018 World Series. Of course, not as significant as the Houston Astros, who had no pick in the first round of this 2020 draft. But uh, yeah, I don't know how strapped the Red Sox are for cash. They're still paying David Price. They're still paying Mookie Betts. They're still paying a few other players who are still under contract. So hopefully they'll be able to sign him. If not, there's another team who's going to be jumping all over a top prospect. Um I did not really care for the draft pick of Patrick Beverly going to the Giants, uh, catcher out of NC State. And this has nothing to do with his talent. Um, Beverly did carry a 296 average at the tail end of last season, which comparatively to a guy like Austin Martin or a few of the other hitting prospects, not necessarily the best in terms of you know making the case for him to get taken in the first round. The Giants also have Joey Bart, who is supposed to be the replacement for Buster Posey, and you draft another catcher high. doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for me because the assumption would be that Bailey would be available in maybe three years. That means that Bart's MLB career would just kind of be taking off at that point. Now, I know there has been talks about the DH getting incorporated into the NL. That may be the mentality of it uh, for the Giants' upper management of, you know, you draft Bailey, you've got a good hitting catcher, and then you've got Joey Bart, who's also a good hitting catcher, and you can just kind of flip-flop them on their days off, and you don't necessarily have to lose that that power in your lineup and, and these guys getting rest, of course, from having to catch nine innings and, and plus. Uh, but I, I think the Giants needed more pitching. Uh, There were a few pitching options that were left on the board. I think the Giants needed, uh, again, another team that doesn't necessarily have an ace. They lost Madison Bumgarner to free agency. Johnny uh, Johnny Cueto is not getting any younger. Uh, uh, Jeff Samarja is like 1,000 years old. They don't really have a go-to guy yet, and I think they could have capitalized on a few of the pitching prospects that were taken later, um, but they did go with Patrick Bailey. Again, I don't dislike Patrick Bailey as a player. I think he's a great catcher. He's the top. He was the top catching prospect. I just think going to the Giants didn't really make a whole lot of sense, especially because the Giants could have gotten a catcher later in the draft. But uh, th- those are my picks that I didn't really care for. So, Jim, there is a guy that we both really care about, Reed Detmers, going to the Angels. Can we talk a little bit about that absolute steal of a pick for the Angels? We we could talk about it. Unfortunately, every time I start to talk about him, I get I want to say awestruck uh-huh. because I just envision just that absolutely filthy curveball that he has. Man, he is that so is, good. That that thing's not human. No, it's it's really not. And this is what baffled me the most, and and even kind of points more to the question mark of taking Max Meyer over a guy like Reed Detmers again, who is a little bit more polished. The guy has got a phenomenal fastball. He's got a great curve like Jim talked about. He is probably one of the more MLB-ready pitchers in the draft, and he fell to 10. He fell to 10 to the Angels, which was fascinating because this pick here would make more sense for Max Meyer than it would for Reed Detmers if you flipped him. But the Angels, I mean, again... Another team looking for pitching. We've, we, you and I have discussed a few times that the Angels are still looking for a starting pitcher. You know, again, haven't had really a big ace. Otani's been dealing with injuries. Uh, Andrew Heaney is not the guy. Uh, Jared Weaver has been retired for about five years now, or maybe less. I don't really remember. But Reed Detmers is a guy who can get fast track to the MLB and be utilized quickly for this rotation and become a phenomenal one-two along with Otani. Otani and Detmers in the in the near future is going to be very. very very interesting to watch. Yeah, you know, and and Devers uh, said to ESPN that that is indeed his goal is to move as fast as possible 
through the Angels organization yeah. and get to the major leagues. He, he's going to fit in there perfectly as a, uh, you know, probably a good number three. He yeah. might even touch number two status as a starter. Yes. Um, but, it, yeah, it's going to be absolutely great. It's, it's wonderful to see the Angels not mess up their first-round pick. Yes, because they they've uh, they've kind of taken some questionable first round picks the last couple of years, and uh, the Angels uh, scouting director Matt Swanson uh, said he would. Uh, I'm reading a, a tweet here from mm-hmm. uh, our, our friend Taylor Blake Ward. Um, he said, ironically, he was looking for a game to go to on March 6th and decided to go to Louisville and see what Reed Detmer's last spring start was like. So. It's safe to say he made a pretty good impression there. Yes, he did, and it's it's just fascinating how far he fell. Like I said, he was one of the top three or four pit starting pitchers uh, in this draft, and he fell all the way to 10 to our, our benefit going to the Los Angeles Angels. So the draft is still going on currently as of today. Again, today is Thursday. You'll hear this on Friday. But the draft will conclude, obviously, by the time you listen to this episode. But uh, uh, uh so far, I'm pretty happy with what the Angels have done. It's a short draft. There will be an opportunity for the Angels to possibly sign more prospects. You know, you will have teams that maybe can't sign their prospects. You will have uh, a lot of guys who don't get drafted. So it'll be interesting to watch. We'll talk about that again next week. Um, let's get into a little bit with Rob Manfred. Um, Rob Manfred said, and this is an article from USA Today, that baseball, there is a 100% chance of big league ball this year. Now, I want to go and find what he specifically said. We have been in the middle of MLB owners and MLB Player Association uh, negotiations to try to get a season going. The NBA has already uh, is already getting ready to get underway. It'll be getting ready to get underway on July 30th. Soccer has already been playing. We have already seen PCL baseball. We have seen Korean baseball. We have seen so many other sports get started, and the MLB is still one of those sports that is still just dragging its feet, getting ready to go. And it's nice to hear Rob Manfred optimistically, I would assume, say that there is a 100% chance of baseball being played, of course, there's still a lot of things that need to be sorted out, but Jim, would you say that this is maybe a good thing for him to say something like that? No, because this is the same guy that called the World Series trophy a piece of metal. Ah, so correct. I, I, uh, I, I have zero faith in Rob Manfred. I did not like them when when they originally named him as the new commissioner. I have zero faith in this man to do anything that is good for the game for baseball fans. Everything that he has tried to do is to make the game appeal to the casual fan, which I understand. You want to get those new eyeballs in there. You want to grow the fan base. But when you start doing that at expense of the game, Mm -hmm. you're going to lose your core fan base. And once once a core fan base makes up their mind to never watch it, you, you lose them. Now, I think it's a lot of saving face at this point because Mm -hmm the commissioner and the owners are going to try to look like the good guys in this situation. Like, Hey guys, look, we're trying, we're trying to get something out there. It's the players that don't want to do anything. And I I think that baseball and baseball fans are the smartest fan base when it comes to professional sports, because they see right through that. They know that the players just want their fair share of what they're going to get. I mean, we've talked about this to nauseam on, on this podcast yes. already, but um, I, I I just 
I have zero faith in Rob Manfred, and, and I don't believe in him as a commissioner. It almost feels like Rob Manfred isn't necessarily a fan of baseball. It was like he was maybe just had a lot of qualifications, and they're like, well, let's just make him the commissioner. Because I agree. I feel like Manfred does make a lot of decisions to try to encompass or capture this quote-unquote casual fan base, which is maybe makes up about, I don't know, 10 to 15% of all MLB fans, which I, I, I get, you know, if you, you're going to have your diehard fans who are going to always tune into games, but if you're alienating, just like Jim said, if you're alienating your passionate fans who go and watch games all the time, who have season tickets, who watch your games on TV, who check Bleacher Report and ESPN and, and all those news outlets constantly for updates, who hosts podcasts like this, you're alienating those fans saying, well, you're not that important to us. What we want to do is get that one guy who mentioned that he wants to go see a Diamondbacks game this year, but he's still thinking about it. We want to get him to the MLB games, not you, because we know you're going to show up. We want him to show up. And I think that that does cause a bit of issues with the passionate MLB fans. Um, but, you know, I, I will say I think this is an optimistic outlook of Rob Manford to say that we're I don't think a 100 percent is accurate. I think we're more looking at about 40 percent at this point. I my hopes for an MLB season have gone down significantly since we started talking about this. Um, I'm still optimistic that maybe we'll get an MLB season. I, it's a cautious optimism. It's not an optimism that I'm, again, very confident on, like I said, cautious. But I'm remaining somewhat happy and hopeful that we get an MLB season this year, and we will continue to talk about that as it continues. Jim, we're going to wrap up. Do you have any more final thoughts before we say goodbye? Uh, other than the fact that I just want to reiterate just how much I do not like Rob Manfred. <laughs> and uh, the really the only other thing is just to really quick go back to the draft and touch upon the Giants taking a catcher. They already have one in the system you mentioned. Yes. As a Denver Broncos fan, and even even you, you can speak on this as uh, you know in, in a football term uh, as a 49er fan. Okay. When you're trying to replace a legend, it's hard to do. Denver has been trying to replace uh, Peyton Manning for five seasons now. It looks like they finally have someone in Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. They tried stop gas. They tried they tried plug-ins. None of it worked. Right. So. When you're trying to replace an absolute legend like Buster Posey, mm-hmm. I am taking every catcher I can until I find someone who replaces him. Because I don't want to get to, you know, five years down the line and still not having a replacement for them. Yeah, my point was just being more like the you kind of already had a replacement or a quote-unquote replacement. I get what you're saying, you know, doubling up on uh, – on quarterbacks like what Washington did when they drafted RG3 and then drafted Kirk Cousins. They had their number one option, then they had their backup option, and Kirk Cousins ended up panning out more than Robert Griffin III because of injuries. But my point being was just more, I didn't really understand drafting another catcher when you needed needs elsewhere was more my point. But anyway. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, All right. So if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. Again, on Instagram, there's a whole bunch of other subcategories for Believe. So go check those all out. Um, uh, My social media, at intern underscore Phil. Jim, where can people find you? Everywhere at Sir James Radio. 
Again, we're going to continue our competition of if we don't know you or already haven't had any interactions with you and you ask uh, either of us a question on Twitter, I will send you an Angels something. I promise it'll be something cool that does involve a lot of thought. It's not going to be a Mike Trout jersey. I don't have that kind of money. Uh, And even if I did, I'd buy it for myself. I'm sorry. I'm selfish. But uh, I will send you something really cool. We would love to incorporate a fan question segment. Uh, So if you have any questions or you have some concerns or anything that you want to express to us, We'd be happy to talk to him. Hit us up on uh, on Twitter, uh, and and I'll send you something. Uh, if you're interested in advertising, again, believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. We've got a bunch of great shows on this network that are continuing to grow, and we have a lot of great hosts, and we have a lot of great people working for this network, myself and Jim included. And with that, uh, we are going to wrap this show up early. I'm not feeling very great today, so next week we will talk more about the draft because the draft will be over by then. Hopefully we'll have a better outlook for the MLB season in 2020, and and with that, I will say goodbye, Jim. Say bye. PlayStation 5 is here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.